This podcast is presented by Pastor Greg Wheat and Christian Life Church in Lexington and Purcell, Oklahoma. For more information, visit ChristianLifeOK.com. Well, today is the beginning of my new sermon series titled A Way Out. I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you go into any building, uh, if you go into um, uh, an airport, if you go into whatever building it may be, you might notice above the doors there's something called exit signs. In every building you go into, there is a way out of the building, okay? And so today, my sermon title is this, A Way Out of Temptation. Temptation is something that we all have in common. Every one of us here have that one thing in common. Every one of us here struggle with temptation. And you know what? It looks different for every one of us. If I would ask you to write down what your temptation is, it would be different uh, than someone sitting next to you. All of us have different kinds of temptation. Some of us have a temptation to um, love the buffet line, okay? Some of us have a temptation uh, to drink Mountain Dew. I don't know. Some of us have a temptation to drink a lot of sweet tea, right? Some of us have different temptations to do different things, and that's something we all have in common. So whatever your temptation is, um, you know, don't feel like someone is judging you because... Every one of us have temptations, and they're all different. We all struggle with it. So I want to encourage you to take some notes this morning, listen to the podcast, and then share it with someone you know, because it could make a difference in their life. I promise you this, if you'll pay close attention this morning, it can make a difference in your life, and it could set you free from some of the things that you struggle with. So we're getting close to uh, corn maze season, right? How many of you have ever been in a corn maze? Let me see your hand. Okay, there's several of us here that have been in a corn maze. This is what I've realized about corn mazes. Corn mazes entice you. You're driving down the road, you see this big sign that says corn maze. And so it entices you. Then it invites you and it offers you a good time. You think to yourself, I want to go try that out. It's going to be fun to go in this corn maze and see if I can find my way out. But once you're in, this is what I've noticed, it's hard to find your way out. How many of you know what I mean? Once you get into those things, it's hard to find your way out, and many people end up having to call and be rescued and and be led out of the corn maze. Here's something I've noticed. Sometimes life can seem a lot like a corn maze. Life can seem a lot like a corn maze. It's easy to be tempted into things. It's easy to be tempted into whatever it is that is tempting you, and then it leaves you feeling lost and sometimes even feeling trapped. Like, how do I get away from this thing that, that has tempted me into? So life can seem a lot like a corn maze. This happened to me several years ago um, in my life. It was, it was a situation, a time in my life where I was just out of control. Many of you have heard my story before. Uh, if you have, just bear with me. Because I want to share a time in my life when my life was just out of control. I was tempted into the corn maze, so to speak. I was tempted into something, and I couldn't find my way out. And so many years ago, my life was really out of control. I had a huge temptation, and my temptation was to fit in at any cost. And I know as adults, we like to think, well, that's just a teenage thing. You know, we talk about peer pressure in school. Now, school's getting ready to start, young people, and you should be careful of that thing called temptation and peer pressure. And we like to think that it's just a young person thing. We like to think that it's a teenage thing or a high school thing or maybe a college student. We have parents that are sending their kids off to college this year. 
And we like to think, well, it's just a college thing. And we worry about them getting uh, into temptation and getting into things that they shouldn't be. And we like to think that it's about somebody else when really temptation and is something that we all struggle with, as I've said. And my temptation was to fit in at any cost. And here again, we like to think that's for someone else, that we don't struggle with trying to fit in. A lot of times as adults, we think, I really don't care what someone else thinks. But deep down inside, we do. Every one of us here, to some level, care what other people think about us. And so we like to fit in, every one of us, even as adults. We don't want to be the ones that's standing out like the oddball. We want to kind of blend in and fit in. We, we don't like to go to places and just have to sit by ourselves most of the time, or, or we go somewhere, we like to invite someone to go with us. We don't like to experience things alone and by ourselves, so we like to fit in. This temptation caused me to do things that I never thought I would have done. I, the temptation was so great, the temptation was so strong, that it sucked me in, and it caused me to do things I never thought I would ever do. I got mixed up with the wrong crowd, unfortunately. And, and when I got mixed up with the wrong crowd, um, I began to give in to the temptations that this crowd was doing. I started smoking, okay? And I remember hanging out with this group, and, and, and everybody was smoking. That It was a cool thing to do. So, you know, I, I would borrow a, a puff, and I'd take a smoke here and there, and, and one thing led to the next, and I started smoking on my own and sneaking my own packs of cigarettes and those types of things and smoking it. And I started out giving in to that. So I was tempted to fit in at any cost, and so that temptation led me to do something I never thought I would ever do, and so I started smoking. And and then when that wasn't good enough, and this crowd that I was around and I was tempted to fit in, I would find myself around other groups of people, and and they were drinking, and so I never thought I'd ever drink as a young person, so so I started drinking. I remember going to my friend's house, and you know, I, hey, can I go to my friend's house, stay the night? Sure. And and when I would get over there, you know, his parents were at home, you know, and they had a liquor cabinet full of liquor, so it was just a free ticket to drink all you wanted. And so I remember many times we'd go over to their house and just drink, and and then we'd go hang out at someone else's house, and we'd drink over there, and then we'd we'd go out to a group of people that had a whole bunch of cars parked, and and they had alcohol with them. We were just drinking, having a good time. So I started doing things I never thought I'd ever do. I started smoking, then I started drinking, and, and then, you know, I started doing something called drugs. And, and so you've, you've heard the campaign just says, say no to drugs, right? Well, as a young person, I had this, this strong urge to fit in. I had a temptation to fit in at any cost, and so I started doing drugs. I did things that I didn't even know what we were doing. I told you this before, that there are times that, that I, would, I would snort stuff up my nose. I had no idea even what it was. Stupid. I was tempted to fit in at any cost. I was willing to do anything it took to fit in. Temptation will take you those places. Then I started smoking marijuana. And like Bill Clinton said, I think, uh, I did, but I never inhaled, right? Who, whatever president it was that said that. Uh, well, I did, and I did inhale, okay? So I started smoking pot, thinking, well, that's the thing to do because everybody else is doing it. I'm going to fit in better if I start doing these things. And, and so I started doing that. I never thought I would ever do those things. And then when that wasn't good enough, some friends introduced me to hash. What is hash? Anybody know what hash is? Hash is, is five to ten times stronger than marijuana. And so I thought, heck, I, I'm, I want to fit in, and these people are doing that, so I want to I fit in over here. So I started smoking hash. And, and when that didn't work, I started huffing. You know, and I remember uh, huffing things that, that should not be breathed into your nose. Okay, Not healthy at all. I started doing these things. 
And then I started having a change of attitude because I was doing all these ugly things and it wasn't in my character, but I was doing this just to fit in with different people that I was around. Whatever group was doing this, that's what I'm going to do because I want to fit in with that group. And this group over here is doing this, so I want to go hang out with them and fit in with that group. I was tempted to do all those things to fit in at any cost. And so whatever the groups were doing, that's what I was going to do. And, and so I started getting this bad attitude. And I started getting really, really rebellious. And I became a person that people didn't want to be around, except these groups that I was with. And, and they weren't the wrong, they were the wrong groups. They, were, they weren't the right crowd of people to be hanging around. I started uh, turning into this person that I wasn't proud of, but I was trying to fit in at any cost. And, and people started telling me, you've got a problem. But you know what? I didn't listen. How many of you know what it's like to have a teenager who doesn't listen or a young person doesn't listen? You can try to tell them, but they just don't want to listen. And that was me. I was a young person trying to fit in at any cost. And, and see, a lot of times we're sitting here as adults thinking, well, that bless those young people's hearts. They struggle. We struggle the same way as adults, just on different levels and different scales of trying to fit in at work or uh, at the ball fields or at a group or someone invited us to a party or someone invited us here or there, whatever. We struggle with the same things. So people started noticing that I had a problem. My own mother, bless her heart, who's here, I remember her looking at me and just pointing her finger in my face saying, I don't like you. In fact, I don't even want to be around you. Your attitude's change, your attitude stinks, and frankly, this kind of attitude you have, I don't want to be around you. Not only did my mom, you know, kind of not want to be around me, but the teachers in, in school hated me in class. Because I was always disruptive. I was always the thug in class. I was always picking fights in the hallway and in the classroom and, and just, just being obnoxious. Okay? The, the person I was working with noticed it and he tried to talk to me and tried to straighten me out, but I wasn't listening. See, all these people could see what I was ignoring to see. I, I knew it was there, but I was ignoring it. This temptation I had. And so all the people around me could see the things that I was ignoring to see. And I always thought to myself, I remember thinking this, I can handle it. I can, I can handle you know, going out and, and smoking, and I can handle going out and drinking, and I can handle doing these drugs, and I can handle doing all these different things. And, and that's what temptation does. It lies to you. It tells you, you can handle it. You're strong enough. You can do this and get by with it. And so I always thought I could handle it. I always thought, I won't go too far. That was until I went too far. And then it's too late. Did you hear what I said? I always thought I won't go too far until I went too far. And then I realized it was too late. You always go too far. And when that happens, sadly, you realize it's too late. You've already crossed that line. I went too far. One day I was at work with this gentleman. And we were... Uh, painting houses and and maybe you've heard heard me tell the story I was helping him and we were we were lacquering a house and if you know what lacquering is every house usually has woodwork you either paint it or you stain it and lacquer it and we were staining this particular house had a lot of woodwork in the house it was a brand new home and so what usually happens is he went in and he would stain it and then we would come back and we would shoot clear lacquer on the wood and my job was to go in after he would spray lacquer on the wood was to sand it and then he would come back and spray it again and this is a process you do two or three times so we went in this house. It was a cloudy day. We had to close the windows. We weren't wearing masks. It was the prime opportunity. You see, I went into this house thinking, oh, you know, this is a free high for me today. 
And I know what you're thinking as adults, you're thinking, how stupid could you be, right? But, you know, as adults, we find ourselves in those stupid situations, don't we? Just on different levels. And if we would go back to ourselves and look at ourselves and give ourselves advice, maybe just yesterday or last week or last month, say, how stupid could you be? Why did you do that, right? It's easy looking at it on this side, but at the time I thought as a young person, woo, free high today, it's cloudy, we've got to close the windows, we're not wearing masks. And so he goes in and he starts spraying the house with lacquer on one end of the house and he works his way through the house and I went back behind him and followed him and I started sanding all the woodwork getting it sanded and he started his loop through again he started lacquering and I would start again I'd start sanding and before you know it the whole house is full of a white cloud of haze which is toxic and and it's fumes and it's just like opening up a can of of lacquer or stain and just smelling it and the whole house was filled with these fumes and I found myself in a room huffing the fumes, taking deep breaths of these fumes into my lungs, thinking, oh, this is great. I feel good. And it it felt great because I was getting this buzz, this high, and, and man, I thought I could handle it until I went too far. What happened next was something that I don't like to talk about. I haven't talked about it with my kids much, and I don't talk about it in public much. It's something that I don't, I'm not proud of, but I got, I went so far and got so high that, that I started hallucinating. And, you know, the hallucinations were so horrible and so terrible and so frightening. It scared me. I was seeing horrible things in this room and I couldn't get away from it. It was like living in a nightmare. You know those nightmares you have at night where you wake up and you're just cold sweat, you're sweating and you, and you can't get it out of your mind because you were so afraid of what you dreamed? It was like living that nightmare. I couldn't get away from it. And so I jumped out of a window And thank God it was on the first story. It wasn't the second story when I jumped through this window trying to get away from this. You see, that was a very traumatic experience for me as a young person. Traumatic to the point that I started having nightmares at home. I couldn't go to bed at night. I would stay up till I absolutely couldn't keep my eyes open. I was having nightmares at night. I was having cold sweats during the day. I was having flashbacks during the day. I couldn't get this thing out of my mind. I couldn't couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't get away from it. And then I hit an all-time low. I hit the point in my life where I, I felt like this is it. This is, this, you know, life stinks. I hit an all-time low. I hit rock bottom. And it was at that moment that I realized I was empty inside and I was missing something very important. You see, my temptation, which is probably different than your temptations, my temptation had led me into a maze. And when I had gotten into the maze... I couldn't find my way out. You see, here's the thing. Many times temptations that you think you can handle will end up handling you. The temptations that you're, you're struggling with right now, the temptations that you battle, you think and you tell yourself, I can handle it. That's what I did. I can handle hanging out with these people. I can handle doing this and that. I can handle huffing fumes. I can handle uh, all these things until I realized it was handling me. It had gotten a grip on my life, and it had sucked me in, and I couldn't get out. And that's a miserable feeling to feel like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to change. I don't know where to turn. I don't know how to make my life better. I don't know how to get out of this. It ended up handling me. Here's the thing. Temptations will tell you, just do this once. Just, just go into the maze once. Just, just try it once. Just give it a shot. It's just one time. That's what temptation tells you. But here's the thing temptation doesn't tell you. 
Temptation will always take you farther, hear me, than you want to go. And it will keep you longer than you want to stay. Always. So when temptation is calling out to you, when temptation is is battling with you, it will always take you farther than you want to go. And it's going to keep you longer than you ever intended on staying. It'll get a grip on your life. If you give into it, temptation, here's a definition, is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. Think about that. Temptation is anything, it could be anything, that promises you satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. That's what it will cost you. Temptation is something you don't want to mess with. When a person gives in to temptation, here's what happens. The brain rewards you with a hit of dopamine. Not to get scientific on you, but this is what's happening. This is what happened to me when, when I was giving in to temptation. That, that rush I felt, you know, it, was, it, was, it gave you that, that feeling of this feels good. Whatever the temptation may be. So the brain is rewarding you with a hit of dopamine. And, and then when you feel that, you think, I like this. That's why people are so... Uh, sucked in and intrigued by the things that tempt them because they want to feel good, which gives you momentary satisfaction when you give in to temptation. Your brain is literally trying to convince you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You don't have to raise your hand. Your brain is convincing you and trying to convince you to give in because it wants this dopamine rush. And so you know what that battle is like, that struggle. It's pulling at you. I don't need to do this. I don't want to do this. It's a temptation. I shouldn't do this. And your brain's pulling you and trying to convince you, just do it. It's okay. Just come on. Just give it a shot. Just try it this one time. And so you're tempted and you got this battle going on because your brain, your, your body desires this hit of dopamine so that it can experience that rush. And here's what it tells you. It tells you, you know you want to feel good. So just do this. You know that you want to feel better, right? And so then you start rationalizing all this. It, it'll make you feel better. It'll, it'll take the edge off. It'll, it'll, it'll help you relax, help you be better. You just, you'll feel better. Your brain tries to tell you these things. And, and then your brain tries to tell you, you know you want to experience the thrill. You know you want to experience the rush that you're going to get from all of this. And so it's convincing you and trying to pull at you to give in to your temptation, whatever that temptation is. So then this is what you do. Your brain finally convinces you and says, it's okay. Just, just, just one time. It's not going to hurt. Just go ahead. So your brain convinces you to give in to the temptation. So you give in. Then what happens? What happens next is you immediately start feeling guilt because you did something you knew you shouldn't have done. You feel guilt because now the rush of dopamine's out of your system. You felt that rush. You felt that high. And wow, you felt good. It was a great experience. And now the reality sets in. And you start feeling guilty, you start feeling regret, you start feeling shame. And the problem is we get caught in this cycle over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And you're caught in this maze and you can't find your way out. That's the way a lot of us live our lives every day. So here's what happens is after a while, you kind of get caught in this maze. You keep repeating this process of, of getting sucked into this temptation over and over and over and over again to the point that you kind of just get a hard heart. Your heart gets hardened, and you think, you know what? 
I'm just not going to feel guilt about it anymore. I'm not going to feel regret about it anymore. I'm tired of feeling the shame over it. So then you just kind of give into it. And you just kind of make it part of your life. You just kind of coddle it. And you, you stroke it and you, and you make it your own. You just start carrying it around like it's your baby. Because your heart has become hardened to the thing that you never thought you'd be doing anyway. And now it's become part of your life. Because you gave in time and time again and you couldn't find your way out. Everyone knows what their temptation is. Every one of us here right now could write it down on a piece of paper. Maybe it's one thing. Maybe it's two things. Maybe it's a list of things. Maybe you could fill a notebook full of things that tempt you. You know what your temptation is. That's, that's something that you, you can't seem to shake free from. It's something that you struggle with on a regular basis. It's that something that you don't like that's in your life. It's that something that you're not proud of when you do those things. Maybe it's a thought. You see, maybe you have this thought life that no one knows about. It's just between you, right? Well, it's really between you and God because God knows our thoughts. But you, you struggle with the temptation. Your thought life just wanders in places that it shouldn't be, right? Maybe it's a behavior in your life. That's not becoming of you. And you know that. And you know that, that you, you don't like this certain behavior in your life. And, and it's become, it's a temptation and it's become something in your life that, that tempts you all the time. This behavior. Maybe it's an action that tempts you all the time. You, know, you have this certain, this certain thing you want to do all the time and this action in your life. Maybe it's an attitude. You're always tempted with this attitude that you have and, and you're tempted to, to let people feel this attitude and know this attitude or maybe you have this struggle with an attitude. Maybe it's a habit that's formed in your life and this temptation is there. Right now, you know what that is and it's different, as I've said, for you, me, all of us, but we all have that in common, that we are tempted. But what is it for you? What is that temptation Here's the thing, most people struggle with this temptation, whatever their temptation is, but they don't know the way out. That's why they're stuck in this maze and they keep repeating the same cycle over and over and over again. They just accept it and make it their own. Here's a few things I want to share with you about temptation, okay? Number one, if you're taking some notes, you need to know this. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. You need to understand that. Because a lot of people feel guilty the minute they, they're tempted. Oh, I feel so bad, God. Why am I tempted with this? Right? You need to know something. Jesus himself was tempted. I don't know if you realize that. I, and maybe you've read the scripture and, and you just kind of overlooked it. But Jesus himself was tempted. The enemy, the devil, our adversary, when Jesus was fasting, took him up on top of a mountain and began to tempt him with things and, and, and tempted him over and over and over again. Jesus was tempted. So are we going to say that Jesus, it was a sin because Jesus was tempted? No. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, if you want to write that down. Hebrews four, fifteen. For we do not serve a God who is unable to empathize with our weakness. That's what temptation is. It's a weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way. So what does that just tell you right there? Our God, whom we serve, Jesus Christ, was tempted in every way. Every way. Now, you like to think, well, the ways I'm tempted, I can't imagine Jesus being tempted that way. But the Bible says he was tempted in every way, 
just as we are. The Bible says, yet he did not sin. Okay, so let me just give you an example of what temptation is. Now, when I'm trying to eat right, does anybody ever try to do that? You know, you try to eat right. Like, we spent two weeks on vacation, and we ate like garbage. We ate everything and anything in sight as much as we could, right? And so, hey, it's, it's, we're bored. Let's go eat, you know? We're out on the beach. Let's go eat. Let's, let's order something. Let's order cheese fries. Let's order loaded cheese fries. Let's order loaded baked potatoes. Let's just fill it up, right? So we ate and ate and ate. And, and every one of us said, as soon as we get home, we're going to start what? You know what I'm talking about because you've been there. We're going to start eating right. We're going to eat right. We're going to get back on the schedule. It never fails that when you try to eat right, there's always something there to tempt you, right? And so when I'm trying to eat right, this is what, what it looks like around the office sometimes. Okay, so I've got my blueberries. Not saying, look at me, I'm so great. I'm just saying, I'm trying to eat right, right? Through the normal weekday schedule, I'm trying my hardest to eat right and here's what happens. I come in and we have staff meetings and there'll be somebody, I'm not going to say Chris Avery, but somebody who brings donuts. Yeah, thank you. Donuts, right? And, and oh my gosh, how many of you love donuts? Come on, let's get spiritual. Raise your hand. Donuts. Yes. Praise the Lord. I see those hands. So when you're trying to do what's right and and you're trying to eat right, it never fails. There'll be something there to tempt you. Now, let me just ask you, is it a sin now for me because I'm trying to eat right and I see these donuts, my mouth starts, you know, just wanting to eat one of those donuts. Is that a sin? Is it a sin when I see those donuts? Is it a sin to be tempted to want one of those donuts so bad when I'm looking at a bowl of blueberries versus a donut, chocolate, glazed cream inside. You know what I mean? Whatever your donut weakness is. And so is that a sin? Have I crossed the line? No. I'm just trying to give us an example. It doesn't, it doesn't become a sin really. If we're going to say that's a sin eating donuts, which it's not, but it's not a sin until what I cross the line and go, fine, I'm done. I don't care. I'm give me the donuts. And you start shoving them in your mouth. You see, it's not really a sin if you're trying to eat right, you're on a diet until you go overboard at at Golden Corral, right? I'm done with this, let's go eat, right? That's when you've crossed the line. Are you with me? You see, that's how sin works. It's not a sin to be tempted with whatever it is that tempts you because we all have those temptations. It's when you decide to say, I don't care anymore, I'm just doing it. That's when you've crossed the line. So maybe that'll help you. Don't give in to some false guilt. Number two, you need to know this about temptation. You're never above temptation. Because a lot of us like to cast judgment and point fingers and say, oh, that person. Oh, look at them. Oh, look what they're doing. Oh, shame on them. Right? When we all struggle with our own secret temptations, right? Do you want people pointing fingers at you going, oh, look at you, shame, right? No, we all struggle with it. So never, ever think that you're above temptation. Because we've just said we all share that. We all have that in common. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says this. If you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Okay? So you've got to be careful. Don't think that you're above temptation. Don't say things like, man, those people, they have a problem. Man, do they struggle, and man, they're, they're giving into their temptation. Giving into temptation can happen to anyone. You need to understand that. So never think that you're above something. Never think that you're above what you see someone else doing. 
You think, I would never do that. I would never give in to that. Never think that you're above that. Never say, I would never be tempted to do that. Because given the right circumstance, you are capable of the grossest things you could ever imagine if you're given the right environment. You, if given the right environment, would probably give in to the same temptation that that person that you're pointing and casting judgment on has given into. Given the right environment, given that no one's going to find out, given that no one's going to hear or see you do this, you might give in to that temptation as well. So never think that you're above temptation. Jesus himself was tempted. Number three, God will never tempt you. I hear this a lot. God must just be tempting me. He knows my weakness. He just must want to see how spiritual I can be and how strong I can be. Oh, Lord, help me get past this temptation that you're tempting me with these things. God will never tempt you. I need you to hear me. God will never tempt you. He may test you, but he will not tempt you. You need to understand there's a big, big difference there. James chapter 1 verse 17 says this, remember when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Here's what you need to understand the difference is. Satan is the one who uses your fleshly desires, all those things in your flesh. He uses those things that are already there to tempt you to do what you know you shouldn't do. See, I have this saying, just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? And so the enemy knows those things in your life that tempt you. And so he just kind of, he focuses on those things and he pulls those, pulls those fleshly desires and things. You know, when you get mad, that's really when you give in to temptation, right? I'll show that person. I really don't care anymore. And you just want to go out and go off the deep end and, or you're angry at someone. You want to get back at somebody or, or whatever it may be. That's when you usually give in to temptation or you're hurting, you're down, you're discouraged, whatever you give into it. Satan uses your fleshly desires, not God, to tempt you. You need to understand that. So here's, here's another way to look at it. In life, when you go to school, tests are given. When we're adults, we go through these things called tests, don't we? And what are tests usually used for? Tests are usually given to promote you. Once you take the test and you pass the test, you're promoted to a different level. You're promoted, you get a different grade. You're promoted to a different job. You're promoted to whatever it is you're taking a test to get promoted to. God can use these things in life to test you, to promote you. The enemy, the devil, your adversary, tempts you in order to demote you, not promote you. God wants to promote you to the next level. God wants to draw you closer to him. God wants to help you become a better person. And so he may allow tests to take place in your life so that when you pass the test, you're promoted. But the devil, the enemy, wants to focus on your fleshly temptations. And he tempts you with those temptations. And then when you give in to those temptations, temptations, and he tempts you in order to demote you in a backwards motion, not to promote you forward. That's the big difference. God will never tempt you He may test you. James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15 says this. Sin comes from our own desires. You see, I said that. That the enemy, the devil, your adversary, your your enemy who wants to destroy your life, wants to tempt you and cause you to give in to these desires in your flesh. Sin comes from our own desires, which entices us and drags us away. 
These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, which it does, when you allow it to grow in your life, you give in to these temptations over and over and over again, it begins to grow in your life. It gives birth to death. You see, the enemy, the devil, lied to Adam and Eve. And what happened? They gave in to temptation, just like we give in to temptation. And what happened to them? It, it introduced them to death. And we have that same thing with us today. It not only destroys your life little by little, but it pulls you away from God, which is ultimately a death sentence. Okay, And so that's the goal of the enemy. Sin always promises satisfaction. Remember this. Sin will always promise you satisfaction. Temptation is going to always promise you satisfaction. Just give in. Come on. You know you want this, and it promises satisfaction, but always leads to destruction. Mark my words. Number four, there's always a way out. That's what this series is about. So we're talking about temptation today. We've got several other weeks to come. We're going to be talking about different uh, things about a way out of the things you're facing But there's always a way out of your temptation. Always. No matter what you're facing, whatever your temptation is, whatever your struggle is, you know what it is. No matter what the temptation has gripped you, there is always a way out. You may not like the way out, right? It may not be the easy way out, which we like to take, don't we? Well, if it's not easy, I don't want to have to do it. If it's not easy, if it's too hard, if I have to work for it, then I don't want it. And so we continue to get stuck in the maze. We make it a part of our life, and we just accept this this stuff in our life. God will always provide a way out. You may not like the way out, but he will provide the way out. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Write it down. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Now, you need to listen carefully to these words. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also, what? Provide a way out. He was going to provide a way out. And as I've said, you've got to decide, are you going to take the way out? You have to decide, this is going to be a lot of work. This may take some effort on my part, but God's providing me a way out. You have to decide, am I going to take the way out or am I going to stay stuck in this maze of temptation and repeat this cycle over and over again until it controls my life? You have to decide to do whatever it takes. You have to make the changes that God is giving you the opportunity to make in order for you to defeat the temptation in your life. Otherwise, you're just going to accept it and it's going to be a part of your life forever. He's giving you a way out. You may not like it, but he's given it to you. You have to be willing to look for it and take that way out. So as I close, I want to share this story with you. Some of you have heard it before, but it's worth telling again this morning. Several years ago, we took a family vacation, and we were out uh, enjoying a beach. We liked to go to the beach as much as we can. We liked to go skiing, and we liked a little bit of everything. We liked to go to the mountains and enjoy that. We liked to go out on a beach and enjoy the, the ocean. And, and we were out at a beautiful beach, and, and we were all taking turns swimming. The water was crystal clear. The beach was beautiful. It was warm. Uh, it was sunny. And, and the, the water in the ocean was, was so nice that we were all playing around and splashing in the water. And, and Kaisten was with me, and he was just... He was just uh, like six years old at the time, not much older than that. And so 
I've got my six-year-old son, seven-year-old son around that age, and we're floating in the ocean. We've got our, our mask on, and we're looking at the fish below, and we're just having a good time and laughing and, and floating. And, and I didn't realize that the water, the current, was gradually pulling us further and further away from shore. I didn't realize. It just happened naturally. It happened gradually, much like temptation does. And so we're floating along, enjoying and pointing out fish and looking at the fish. And I look up and I could see that we are way afar away, away from shore. And then I noticed that when I started swimming, I said, let's, let's swim a little closer. And so we start swimming back. I've got my son by the hand and we're swimming. I realized that instead of swimming forward, the current's pulling us backwards. And then my heart begins to race. I've got my, my son in the ocean with his dad who's supposed to protect him and I can't protect him we're out in the ocean the water's pulling us out further and further and further and I start screaming and I start raising my hands and everybody on the bank couldn't see us and they thought oh he's waving hey it looks like you're having fun I was panicked because I couldn't no matter how hard I tried myself I couldn't get us into shore Some of you know that feeling this morning. You're struggling with this temptation. It's gotten a grip on you and you're struggling and you're struggling and you're struggling to overcome it and you can't break free on your own. And I remember looking over and and, in a distance away, there was was somebody with a snorkel mask and some fins and flippers, you know, and he was swimming and just effortlessly in the water. He was facing the same current, but he was effortlessly swimming. And I called it, hey, hey, I need your help. Help us, help us. And he kicked over and he grabbed a hold of us and he helped us kick in to shore. And I remember getting my son on shore thinking, thank God. <laughs> it, it may not bother you, you know, you may be a perfect swimmer. I'm a good swimmer, but that scared me. And I remember collapsing on the ground, almost kissing the sand saying, thank you, Lord for sending that person to help us get back in. My point to you is this. Temptation will take you farther than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. And when, it, when you give in to it over and over again, it'll get a grip on you and you can't break free on your own. You will need rescued. You will need help. I told you my story early on, how I was caught in this temptation Can I tell you the only way out for me was when I turned to God. When I turned to God, he was the one to help me. Just like being caught in this riptide, this current, I called out to this individual. He helped me and my son get into safety. The only way that you're going to be able to overcome the temptations in your life, whatever they may be, is when you decide to call out to God and say, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. And when you can come to that point in your life, God will be there to help you every time. But you've got to come to the point in your life that you recognize it's there. And you've got to be willing to let him help you. Your only way out is a day-by-day walk, a relationship with God. Because Christ in you is stronger than the temptations in you. Christ in you and your relationship with Christ is stronger than those currents pulling you out uh, out into the ocean and further away from where you know you need to be. The Bible promises this, when you are weak, he is strong. 
That's why you've got to be close to him in a day-by-day walk so that he can help you through those moments of temptation. But it's up to you. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? I asked you this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed to think about the things that tempt you. If you're ready to overcome temptation, you have to admit it first. You have to admit that it's there. You have to admit that that temptation is in your life. You have to admit it to God. You have to come to that point in your life where you say, God, it's here in all of its ugliness. This is what it is, God. If you're ready to overcome temptation, you have to be willing to admit it to God. If you're here this morning, or you're watching this service, if you're ready for life change, if you're ready for the way out, just nod your head to God and say, God, that's me. God, I need your help. God, help me overcome this temptation. And if you're ready to do that, I want you to say this prayer with me, with heads bowed and eyes closed. Say this prayer with me this morning. Heavenly Father, you can see all of my struggles. You can see all of my temptations. I give them to you this morning. Forgive me. Forgive me for giving into those temptations. Father, deliver me. Father, set me free. Help me to overcome all of my temptations. Help me to accept your way out that you provide. Help me to have a closer walk with you. And when I am tempted, help me to see the way out that you are providing and help me to take that way out. In Jesus' name.